Hello and welcome everybody. Welcome to the Caregivers Care Jar podcast. Uh, we are thankful that you are tuning in. We have all kinds of different options to do so and we're thankful that you give us your time and your ear. Uh, we are delighted to be here. My name is Vaughn Foy, the voice brander, and I am here with my wonderful friend and co-host, Miss Christy. Hello, hello, hello. And uh, we are up for another uh, awesome episode uh, with my friend, uh, Miss Brandy Clark. Welcome to the Hello. show. Hello. <laughs> we are so glad to have you. Uh, we are going, Brandy, uh, we're going to dive right into it as always. But before we do that, I always want to share the Caregivers Care Jar. We are the voice and the ears for caregivers and we know that becoming a caregiving and answering the call to caregiving uh this is happening for us and not to us um and we just we just dive in and share these stories today is going to be another inspirational and encouraging day um so on the show with brandy so she is currently a para educator and i definitely wanted to dive into that because that's the first time i heard that phrase but i love it it just sounds super needful and um, <laughs> super needful. but she's been doing this with the school district for 13 years and uh, before that she was a, a DSP and I'll have her define that a little later but in her journey but we're going to welcome Brandy and so Brandy tell us about your journey what you do and who you serve right now and what's been your journey in this space um, um, please take Take it away. <laughs> Absolutely. First, I want to say thank you for having me. What a wonderful opportunity to come and share what I do know. <laughs> um, I am currently a paraprofessional for the local school district. And as you said, I've been doing that for 13 years. It'll be 14 years in April. Um, but basically, a paraprofessional is someone who supports the certificated teacher in the classroom setting. So uh, another name for it is a uh, 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 well, they call it paraprofessional, paraeducator. Some people say, is it just a teacher's aid? It's more than that, especially when you're servicing students with moderate to severe special needs as I do. Wow. You know, most people think, oh, you're a teacher's aid. You just put stamps on the paper. No, <laughs> it's a lot more than that. It, it entails a lot. The angels that walk the earth. <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot. I've been doing this for 13 years. Um, but like you said, prior to that, I was a DSP, which um, they have different names for that as well, D direct support professional. It's just a title that they give caregivers in the group home setting for mm -hmm. um, individuals, adults and or children with disabilities as well. So um, that requires quite a bit of caregiving in the home setting. And so I went from there doing that. Uh, like I mentioned before, I uh, just kind of came across the job. I don't even remember how. I was going to school during the day, uh, was able to do that job at night. I figured, oh, this is easy. Uh, it was not quite as easy as I thought it was <laughs> because you're dealing with individuals with disabilities, um, with behaviors because they can't express themselves. So I had to do a lot of learning. Um, I was there to help them, but I was also learning quite a bit. Mm. Um, and I did that for about five to seven years, just kind of as a way to get through school. Um, but I also feel my passion. I always had a passion for helping people since I was a young girl. And so it was kind of like a part of my journey and finding my niche and how I would help people. Um, but it got to a point where just being in the group home and giving care at that level kind of plateaued for me. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to help them beyond just, 
you know, the washing the clothes, the assistance with bathing, the medication. I wanted to do more in teaching them skills and kind of helping them in a different way. So um, I found out that with the adults, they went to, uh, you know, day programs. And then when I worked with children, they went to school. So I was like, well, I'll apply for the school district. I can work during days and I don't have to work nights and I can do something a little different. So that's kind of how I found my way in the school setting. So it's been a journey. Interesting. What was, you know, um, we talked a little bit, what, in working in the uh, in the group home, what was your like your biggest challenges, and then also like what was your biggest rewards or or victories being there? Lessons. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> my biggest challenges in the group homes were the behaviors, um, because prior to that, I didn't have experience um, working with children or adults or individuals with disabilities, not that I can recall. And so when I realized how intense the behaviors can be, the biting, the kicking, the mm. spitting, um, because they have challenges with understanding, with communicating their needs like most of us do, um, that was a process because it felt personal. Mm. And when they're attacking you, they're scratching you, you are the target, but it may you may not be the real target, but you become the target. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember days where I would go home crying and I said, if people didn't know me, they probably would think I was in an abusive relationship because I would have scratches and bite marks on my arms. And, wow. you know, of course we went through training and how to properly restrain them, but it's, it, it can be very mentally draining when you don't understand why it's happening and, you know, kind of how to, you know, it's not really you, it's kind of the challenge that they're having, but you just happen to be the target because you're the person there or part of a team that's helping them. So that was <laughs> that was one of my biggest challenges. I've had my hair pulled, scratched, all kinds of things. And, you know, sometimes I would go home like, why am I taking this kind of abuse? Like, <laughs> who signs up for this? But somehow you just keep showing up every day. And at the time, to be honest, I needed a job and I was in school. So I said, hey, let's do it. Mm. But... Uh, the behaviors were one of the biggest challenges. Um, one of the biggest rewards, I think, was at that time in the group home setting, um, especially with the adults, you notice, well, actually, too, with the children, uh, a lot of them didn't have um, a really uh, a family, a core family that would come and visit them. And so that really broke my heart because holidays, I was still signed on to work. So we would just try to make holidays as special as we could for them, you know, making a special meal because a lot of the families were so overwhelmed in mm. my experience, they weren't coming to visit the kids anymore or when they would, you know, take the kids home or the adult home for the weekend for a visit, it was unsuccessful. So they just kind of gave up in frequent visiting because they just were overwhelmed and they didn't know how to help them. Wow. So wow. that was one of the things that we were able to make day holidays and things like that special for them. So there's a, um, uh, and the question in that, like, I, I remember in past episodes, we talked about, you know, like my mom being in the hospital or assisted living um, places and where like a lot of her neighbors or people, they they wouldn't have, I mean, she'd be in there three months and never seen a visitor at all. And it's interesting, like yeah. to, for especially the kids, like, um, as you said, you found that people... Basically, kind of once they put them in the home, it's kind of like they give up and kind of leave them there. It's like an escape because um, they can't, yeah. you know, you find it. Is it that, you know, you found that they either they just couldn't handle it and 
they ended up in the home or they put them there and you know what do you what do you find or what what did you remember <laughs> i think it may be a combination and i don't you know every family is different and their reasonings are different and i can't say that i sat down with every single family but i remember some parents coming in you know overwhelmed because the the home visit was unsuccessful i remember one story of a student we had um he went home on the weekend with the, for a home visit and the mom was remarried not to his birth father and there was some type of tension and he broke the uh, the uh, stepfather's arm and so the mom br brought him back she was supposed to have him for maybe three days she brought him back over after the first day and she's like I can't do this so I think it varies in terms of what the reasoning is but um I just I do honestly believe that some families are overwhelmed they don't know what to do and then some of them they feel oh someone's taking care of them so I'm okay I'll just call every once in a while and it probably just gives them a break in some ways. Um, yeah, I think the reasonings are different, but it's it's hard being on the end of being a caregiver for someone who doesn't have family when they see other kids or other, you know, uh, you know, uh, peers going home with their families and they're the ones that are left, you know, there for Christmas. So we have to find a way in the home to make it special for them right. um, so that they don't feel hopefully as left out. So, Wow. Yes, whole nother level of caring for, well, that's what caregivers is caregiving when others um, others yeah. are not, <laughs> are not. Yeah, and I, you know, just, just thinking about it, even with me working, you know, in the group homes, you know, it's 24-hour care. So you might get Christmas off, you may not. So we kind of became a family in a way because we're there. We're not with our families. So sometimes we were giving up our time with our families as well because we had to work. Maybe, you know, if I got Christmas off, then someone else could get New Year's off and I had to work New Year's and we had to kind of, you know, find ways to swap. So, you know, whatever holiday you were working, you find it a way to make it special kind of as you would with your own family because you're not with your family either. So, yeah. you know, we kind of became a family in a way. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. So hearing that you, <laughs> you, you uh, went into the job, it's amazing to hear uh, your journey, how you went in uh, thinking that maybe, you know, it, it, you can handle it. Then going through getting bit scratched and, you know, the challenges and um, uh, all of that. And then you, but you, then you stayed there for five years. And then, but then you still stayed, right. you know, it was like a whole pivot. So what kept you just continuing to go on? You know, again, at the beginning for me, it was like, hey, this job is flexible. I'm trying to get through school. Um, but I think it transitioned into wanting to know more about how to help them at a greater level because um, the struggles that I had with them and the behaviors you know, they give you techniques and proper training and how to restrain them if you need to, if, you know, they're harming themselves or other people. But it got to a point where I, I think I got, became curious about why. Like, we can't, I don't want to just say, hey, this is what you do if Johnny throws a chair. I wanted to know why are they doing this? Why are they thinking like this? How can I help them in a different way? And I think over time, my curiosity grew. And that's probably what led me to being in more in the academic setting because I didn't want to just feel like, and I don't mean to 
simplify it, but in my mind at the time, it just felt kind of like a babysitting job. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do more to help them, or at least for me to feel like I was doing more to help them. So, right, right. Yeah, I just kind of transitioned to instead of uh, watching. Yeah, you know, kind of. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So then, so the transition. Uh, so, um, what was the transition into from the group home into the um, working as a, a paraprofessional? I love that. <laughs> right, <laughs> million hundred dollar term. Um, so at the time, uh, I was still working uh, during in the group homes during the evening time, and I kind of transitioned. So I still worked in the group homes for a few years when I started at the school district, just kind of a part-time juggling habit. I'm not sure why, but mm. we'll just leave that alone. <laughs> but um, transitioning into the education setting, it was easier because I felt like um, we were given more training and things to kind of understand the questions that I had about their behaviors, the whys, uh, how to be more proactive. Mm. That's what I learned in the ed- academic setting. Instead of reactive, responding to the behavior, kind of how to front load it and how to prevent if possible behaviors and how to support them in a way that helps them to communicate instead of using the behavior as a form of communication. And so I feel like moving into the academic setting, I had a team of professionals, you know, psychologists and trainings that we attended that helped me understand more about why the behaviors were happening, which helped me adjust how I was responding to them and how to support them more. Um, so, and then the, the focus from the group home was more, the focus of the group home was more just everyday caregiving in terms of feeding, medication, bathing, that kind of thing in the academic setting. Now you're doing a combination of hygiene assistance, but teaching academic lessons and stuff like that, life skills. Right. So the focus kind of changed. And like I said, I had a team, we had a team of people, teachers and other paraprofessionals that really um, came together to help. One thing I noticed, and I'll just be very transparent, um, with behaviors, especially when I first moved to the academic setting, again, I was still struggling with feeling that the behaviors that I was experiencing were personal. And a lot of times I would get into a power struggle Mm -hmm. with the students because it's like, I'm the one that's teaching, I'm the one here to help you. And it took a team of people supporting me to, to tell me, it's okay to step back. If you're having a particular challenge with a student and you're not getting through, let me help. And what was the one of the most powerful lessons that I learned and even just working with kids, you know, in a normal setting, if you will, is when you have, you know, I trusted my team members not to just, you know, give me a break, but then when they got in a good place with the student, they went ahead and came back to connect it. Okay, well, what did Miss Brandy ask you to do? So we're going to go ahead and make things right with Miss Brandy. And for me, that was so powerful because when you're having a challenge with someone with a disability and you don't, I, I didn't have all the tools at that time and I couldn't get through to them, I had to set my pride aside and say, it's not about you, you know, wanting to be the one to solve the problem. It's about what they need. And that that lesson took me many years to learn because you're like, no, I'm the one that they spit at. So I should be the one to deal with them. And sometimes you are overwhelmed or you don't have the resources to help them in that moment. So that was a powerful lesson for me is stepping back and allowing my other team members to help me and then trusting them enough once they got that student in a better place to say, "Okay, we want to apologize to Miss Brandy because that was not the way to handle it. 
and helping me build a stronger relationship with the student when I didn't have the skills to do so. So that was so powerful. And you, you cannot do this without a team. Yeah. I know yeah. there are people have a choice, but if you can, and it doesn't even have to be blood family, if it's the caregiver or the educator or a neighbor, you need a team because by yourself, you may not have everything that that student or that person needs and you feel bad when they're in crisis and you don't have the skills to help them. And sometimes the skills that you do have may be making it worse, to be honest. Um, so you need help. You need to be able to take a mental break when you're overwhelmed and have someone that you trust to take it from there. So there's so much that I learned uh, in the academic setting. So, yeah. Wow, that's, 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 that's powerful. Yeah, it's a lot of practice and a lot of patience to learn how to treat the patient and not the circumstances. So, yeah, kudos, kudos to you, my love. This is what I tell people. They're like, oh, you teach kids and you're what? And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Even though I teach them, I also learn from them and they teach me. The number one lesson I've learned is patience. Yeah. And, and that and S word, surrender. Because S word, have, surrender. Yes. Because, and you know, and that's another thing. And I'm, I'm sorry, I hope I'm not jumping ahead. But that's another thing that I had to learn because I have a lot of ideas and I'm like, I love to teach and this is wonderful. But it's like, that may not be the way that they learn best. That may not be the way that they receive best. So it's also learning to be flexible with what their abilities are and what their needs are and learning to adjust. Because sometimes we have a way, we have an agenda, but that may not be what's working for them. And I learned that specifically working with students with autism. They yeah. are very schedule driven. They're very routine driven. So you may have all these ideas, but for them, they get easily overwhelmed oftentimes and things have to be simple, things have to be plain, and they have to be consistent. Like for me, you know, with working in a student, it's the, the class is called ASRD, and it's a class specifically for students with autism or related um, disabilities. And so it was difficult because it's like, I want to do this. And it's like, no, they have a routine. Mm -hmm. Lunch is at 12. You can't, if you start lunch at 12.05, you're going to have a challenge because right. they're so routine driven. Wow. And even yeah. times, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Even times, you know, I, I'd wear my hair this way. And uh, one student, you know, I was always wearing my hair this way. And I came in and I decided I was going to have curly hair. He would not speak to me wow. because I looked different than what he had been used to seeing me as. And so we had to kind of say, hey, okay, this is Miss Brandy. Look, her hair is different, but this is still her. Like showing him a picture of what he remembered about me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> deep, throw them, can throw them off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot in it. No, that's this is great. You would not to learning about you know um, that goes to show like it's again it's not it's another path in a way of it's not about you, right? It's about who you're serving or who you're caring for. It's never about yeah. you. It, it can easily turn to be, but, but it's not going to be very successful. If you, like you said, if you're doing your own idea, Ooh, I think you want this. And right. And, and, well, and I think, yeah, Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Cause I think too about, you know, there's so many parents, right. That have to deal with their children with smallies. And it, it gets hard to remember as a parent that yes, you are the parent and you do get to tell your kids what to do, but you also get to meet them where they're at and try to help. Yes. 
<laughs> help them get from A to B because helping them is going to help you. But yeah, if you don't meet them where you're at, it's going to be a, what could take a few minutes might take a couple hours. So you might have that, to, that is to meet them where you're at, especially if you have your own dead, like we got to get to the doctor by 4 p.m. But if we're having a meltdown, you kind of got to. You have, everything stops. Yeah. And if you got to roll with hard. the punches. Yeah. And that, and that, again, the part of learning to be flexible because it's like you, you may, okay, we have to do this. But if that person is having a meltdown and they don't understand, you can't just do business as usual. You have to stop. And that's the thing. That's why it takes so much patience because even understanding that takes patience. You have to be willing to set yeah. your agenda aside and help them. The powerful thing is when you do that, it can be inconvenient a lot of times, absolutely. But when you have that breakthrough with them and you establish that trust with them, I'm telling you the results is just, when you when they trust you and they know because you've been consistent and you've taken that time with them, you have a better rapport moving forward right. than just right. to force them to do what you want them to do and not building that trust. Hmm. Um, even some of my students, some of our lessons required us challenging them in ways, trying new things that they had never tried before. Like if they have sensory issues, uh, they may not like to touch things that are a certain texture. So you, part of their therapy is supporting the behavior therapist that comes in. Okay, come on, touch uh, Play-Doh. Ah, no, 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 I don't want Play-Doh. They totally freak out. So we kind of have to, okay, what about we do this? Okay. Can, look, Miss Brandy touched it. Okay. What about you? No, no, no. Okay. We'll try again tomorrow. No, that's fine. But it's just a process of patience and trust and consistency with them. Yeah. So um, their progress, it means everything, even in the ways. And I think one of the, the things for me that's been so inspiring is that, um, ah, I love my kids. Um <laughs> When you see the, the parents come in and they have an idea about what their kids can do. Oh, he can't do that. She can't do that. And we say, okay. And we start teaching them to do those things. And sometimes we have video recorded them and we've shown the parents and we'll have the parents come in and say, don't let them see you, but we want to, we want you to see them do this skill. Okay, Johnny, show mom that you learned to sweep, show mom that you learned to sort the blocks. And the parents are amazing. It's like, don't yeah. limit them. Let them show you what they can and they can't do. And then you have to know that delicate balance about how to push them, not too much, but to challenge them enough because, uh, Christy, I listened to the previous podcast with you and your son, which was hilarious, but sometimes they can manipulate and sometimes they are lazy and sometimes they will trick you. Yes. And so when I realized that's what was going on, I said, oh, okay. Yes. yes. It's that delicate balance of pushing, not too much, but challenging them to be the best that they can be, not what your idea of it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it's so true. If you have more than one person in that family of dynamics, yeah, they, the siblings definitely were like, nope, you get to do it. And I'm like, oh, you don't feel good today? Okay, don't worry about it. We'll do it tomorrow. And they're like, no, he's going to do it today. He totally can do it today. Yeah. I don't like. And here's okay. the thing. Someone who has never been in that inner circle, they're like, oh, my God, they're so harsh. Yeah. Why are they doing that? You don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. They may have challenges and cognitive with cognitive development, but they are not stupid. Right. And they can learn bad habits, including manipulating, including little things, you know, that you're like, 
no, they don't do that. Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> right. Well, I think for <laughs> us, learning the, you know, for, for a lot of the parents out there, I can say for me, learning where high functioning is, because as they're growing, the high yes. functioning bars changes. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. no, they're high functioning. No, they're not. No, they're not. And then there's some things that they completely fail at. And then there are other things that they're like, no, they could totally do a lot better in that area if you just allow it. So I had to really learn to just really back up and say, okay, well, then you just fly. And if you fall, okay, we're going to pick you up and you can fly again. Because yeah, it mm-hmm. and new people and coming that's... in get very frustrated. Like you said, if you're new to the circle, you're going to go bananas. They get frustrated and they will get played if they're not careful. And it's funny because one of the things I realize is when you uh, present to something that they really desire, you'll, you'll a lot of times find out what they really can do. And you say, okay, Johnny, come on, sort the blocks. Oh, I don't know how. Okay, well, if you want that cookie, all of a sudden the blocks are sorted in two minutes. I was like, wait, I thought you didn't know how. Because they did not want to. And sometimes it takes that token that they desire most to get them a little motivated. We all, all, if you think about it, we all kind of require a little motivation. Our job is our paycheck. That's our motivation to get up and keep doing it every day or our passion but they require the same thing. And so I challenge them in that way sometimes, a lot of times, because I'm telling you, my kids, oh, they've gotten me. (laughs) They have gotten me. And there's always usually a good cop, bad cop, which really helps. Like you said, the teamwork, the good cop, bad cop, because yeah. Yes. A lot of times if someone's not acting a certain way, then they have their outlet and they go to the other person and you're like they did what yeah. oh my goodness what oh here's let, let yes. me help you let me let, let's you and I figure it out you have yeah. yes well I'm telling you and you know in the education setting I won't say with all families because I have had some phenomenal families some phenomenal parents that are very supportive that do everything they can but a lot yeah. of times the manipulation happens most I feel at home or with the families um and sometimes you say mom will come in and say Oh, let me do it for him. He doesn't know how to put his shoes on. I'm sorry, mom. Can you hold him for just a second? Johnny, show mom that you can put your shoes on. And mom's like, I'm like, so you're doing for what for him at home? And I, we encourage the parents to, to, and I'm, I'm hope I'm not jumping, but one of the things that I was thinking about before is having a positive relationship between caregivers is so important. Like for example, in the academic setting, having that relationship with the parents and the teachers is probably one of the most valuable relationships because when they're on the same page, it helps the kid. And one of the biggest challenges is when the teachers or the families and the parents are not on the same page because we may be challenging Johnny to be more independent at school. And then mom takes him home and she's doing everything for him. And it makes it harder because our goal is to push them, to challenge them. And when we challenge them and we help them learn, It'll make your job at home easier, mom. But if you're fighting us the whole time or making excuses or quite frankly, enabling him, it's making your job harder. Um, Right. Oh, Johnny can't do that. I I wash all of his clothes. Johnny can't wash his hands. Mom, Johnny washes his hands by himself every day at school. He does? Well, he doesn't do that at home because you don't require it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I did. I had a lot in that pool for sure. Yeah. 
because my there were two sets of rules for my son the times he was sick and the times he was well and yeah they he would cross-examine go back and forth and i would go back and forth yeah mm. it took a minute yes. i'm not even gonna lie and it does, and it takes time. And again, it's part of the team. And even when they check, because they challenge us in the academic setting, but we don't give up. So if Johnny's having a hard time with the task in this particular day, okay, we'll take a break and we'll revisit, revisit this after lunch. Or if they're having a particular hard time, sometimes it can take us weeks or months to train or to teach a new skill, but we don't stop presenting it just because they're having a challenge. We mm. support as needed, and then we have them do what they can. A lot of kids have learned, if I have a tantrum, it's going to go away and I'm never going to have to do it again. No, right. we're going to come back to this. We may give you a break for a day, or we may give you some more help, but we're going to come back to this because they've learned that if I scream, yell, fall out, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to have to do what I'm being asked. And it's quite frankly, another way that they've learned to avoid yep. certain things. Well, yeah, so. coming from a place of I, myself, I get frustrated waiting for my son to do something. And then I'm like, I don't got time to wait for you to figure it out. And I just go and do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm totally guilty of that. I'm totally guilty of being that person. Well, you know, it's okay because I, you know, as an educator, I'm not speaking from a place of judgment because the home setting works totally different. In the school setting, we have different resources. We have a bigger team. We have, right. you know, certain things that may not be present in the home setting. And like you said, if there's an emergency or you're at the mall or a fire, you don't have time to sit and say, Johnny, this is what you do. If it's an emergency, I'm snatching you and we're going. <laughs> so the skills that work in the home are different from what's, what works in the academic setting, but the relationship um, with, for the support is important. If mom is yeah. having, we have parents are having a child at home, he's been hitting mom. No, we do not hit. And if we see you hit mom, okay, you're not going to be able to play with your blocks. So we try to support on both ends right. so that he knows if you miss him with mom at home and she tells us, you know what? You're not going to have Play-Doh today. <laughs> you need to apologize to mom. And we're going to ask mom if you've been better with that because we want to show that support for the parents as well. You know? Hmm. So. Yeah. It, it's it's so important it to have the proper teamwork. Yes. Wow. Yes. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Both yeah. at home and at school. Cause yeah, it, it, like you were saying, you can't really change their routine up. So if you have too many inconsistencies, it, it's really going to make it worse for everybody. So to really work. And I mean, yeah. trust me, I, I'm one of those moms that we had to really, some of those teachers, we've had to really had some, okay, what's really going to work? Because the two of us are on the same page, but my son was like, yeah, we ain't doing that. <laughs> and yeah, right. it gets to be a lot of work. <laughs> wow. It is. It is. So you, you need the support. And when you have the team on the same page, there's less wiggle room for the student. Yeah. No, mom told me that you do this. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to follow through with this. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I kind of like parents, I assume. I'm not a parent, but, you know, like mom yeah. being on the same page is important because there's less wiggle room. Mom said this. Hey, can I have this? What did mom say? What did teacher say? Okay, then I'm sorry. You're going to go have to go back to them. And even in the classroom setting, I do that. We're very supportive in that way because a lot of times, just like they will manipulate with parents and family members, they'll do that also between staff at school. Uh, you know, they wouldn't finish work with teacher so-and-so and they want a cookie. 
So they won't, you know, they'll just come to me and say, hey, can I have a cookie? And I'm oh, sure, you have a cookie. And teacher sounds like, no, 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 he's supposed to finish. Oh, I'm sorry. I would love to give you this cookie, but I need you to go and follow through with teacher so-and-so. And then you can gladly come back over here and have a cookie. Right. That is a, essential because yeah. it's teaching them to respect each person that's caring for them. And it's important to show them follow through. So Yeah. Really good. <laughs> no, that's good. That is good stuff. Wow. So good. Hmm. Trying to think of where where uh, to connect from here. I mean, <laughs> there's so much. There's so much. There's so much lessons in there for. Um, you know the the care and the 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 directing and making sure that you know. And kids are going to get away with whatever they can get away with, with who, who they can. So, you know, they're, they're smart and it doesn't matter. Um, and then they, and then if they're, you know, uh, working the system, so to speak, or working, you know, their advantage of their disadvantage. <laughs> and then, well, I know, like you said, some of them would throw a tantrum at home that would work, but it's like, oh no, it's not going to work yeah. here. Or I don't get away. I have the same thing with <laughs> my mom. She'll get the, you know, wonderful nice and I love them caregivers and stuff and you know their hand picking her up from the, the chair walking her all the way to the bathroom and as soon as I say no mom she mom be like so you're gonna help me you're gonna help me up no are you blessed with two legs your legs are working and blessed so we're gonna stand up and rejoice mm-hmm. and we're gonna walk across the floor <laughs> you're not going to help me up I'm like no not until you need to <laughs> and you're right people be like wow that's kind of mean it's like no I'm... my brother was down and and of course you know he only comes down not only he comes down like once a month or once a quarter depending what's going on and you know of course mom loves him she, he cooks for her and but it was funny this, this time it's like uh you're you know uh I was sitting at the table eating my food. She just ate and she was looking at my plate and was like, oh, you're going to give me some of that? And I said, no, you just said you were full. You can't eat no more. I said, give me, give me a little bit of that. And I said, no, mom. And my brother was there. And she's like, you mean you're going to let your mom be here all? <laughs> you're not going to give her even a bite of it? Oh, I'm going to eat my food. She's like, well, what kind of child did I bring up here that she won't even give you know? <laughs> Playing the victim. Did story, you eat yeah. today, ma'am? Did you just eat? Did, did you eat today? Did you choose what you ate? Right. But I want some. No, ma'am. You had a choice, and you chose that, and this is my choice for me. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. It takes the balance of the patience, but also the toughness. And like you said, Christy, there's the good guy, the bad guy, just yeah. like with kids. You know, yeah. if you're not giving them what they want, you're the bad guy. If you're not, if you're giving them what they want, you're the good guy, you right. know, and there's a challenge on both. Yeah. You're not, no, you're not going to win. This is what's best for now. And we're going to go, and they're not going to always like you, but right. I love you. That's the beauty of a boundary. <laughs> no. Yeah. That is the no. beauty of a boundary. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and boundaries are so important so that you don't because I think when you don't set boundaries and this is probably something that I didn't realize I was learning when you don't set those boundaries you become burned out you become overwhelmed and you can probably become bitter or resentful because you have that guilt 
the struggle with the guilt. And I think this is what a lot of our parents struggle with. Oh, I want to help. I have to. He was born this way or they're struggling with this. So I have to. It's like treat them like you would a normal kid in terms of what you would require. You do have to make adjustments in terms of what they're capable of. But you don't you don't you don't lay back the requirements. You don't lay back challenging them and pushing them to grow. You're helping them because when you do everything for them. You're, you're causing them to be more dependent on you. And if whatever reason, God forbid, you're not there to care for them, what have you trained them to do for themselves? Right. right. Can they survive without you? It may be a tough lesson to teach at the time, but push them to do as much as they can for themselves. And to me, they feel better when they have that independence, when they don't have to ask you for that help or that assistance, when they can do the little, you know, put on the sock or the shoe or whatever, brush your teeth for themselves. They may cry and give you, quite frankly, all hell when you're pushing them to do it. But then they're, to me, I feel like they're proud of themselves when they can do some things yeah. by themselves without you. Yeah. But yeah. Training and pushing, whew, it's tough. <laughs> yes, especially when they become the adults and then they're trying to tell you what they are and aren't going to do. And you're like, I know you have rights. And mm, okay. Because it took my son close to 10 years before he finally decided he wanted to do like um, any kind of evaluations or independent learning from a facility. He was like, no, I've got my my calling that God gave me to do and I don't got time to do all that other stuff. And I was like, okay, son. (laughs) One of the things that I just thought about right now, and Vaughn, actually, I didn't even think about this when we spoke previously. Uh, there was a woman that I regarded as a, you know, as a spiritual godmother, and she passed about maybe five or six years ago um, from some challenges with breast cancer. But she, uh, at the time, her mother was alive, and uh, her mother was like kind of a grandmother growing up, um, but her mother was older now and had also had some challenges with cancer. So she brought my mom and I in to help be her, uh, be a part of her caregiving team. And so my mom, of course, you know, brought my mom is that, you know, tough, no nonsense person. And I was there to also help her do some things. She lived in an assisted living facility. But I have to say that was one of the best arrangements that I've ever seen for someone that had to put their loved one in a home because she made sure that someone was there regularly checking in. Um, sometimes sporadically, so the staff would never know, you know, when right. someone was coming, but they knew this always showing up for that person. Her room was nicely decorated. She made sure to still help her maintain her dignity. And I think when I was a part of that team and caring for her, it was, it was, that was probably a challenge for me because she was like a grandmother to me. And I had to kind of develop more of that toughness because I wanted to still give her that respect. And it's like, how do you find yourself in a position having to tell someone what to do that's cared for you or or has, um, you know, is your elder, you want to give them that dignity, but you, that was a struggle for me to learn. Like with the kiddos, that I think was a little easier, but being a part of a team for someone who was my elder, who I regarded as a grandmother when I was younger, I'm sitting in her lap. Now I'm having to say, you know, hey, you got to do this, you got to, and I remember many times I would be there and I'm like, she won't do it. And she, she's like, you have to be tough. Oh, well, I don't know if I can do that with her. Cause I would feel, I went through a lot of guilt because yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> this, I respect but this I woman. Love I love her. her. I don't want to hurt her feelings. <laughs> say, you got to put your shoes on. Like, oh my God. Yeah. 
And I had to call many times and say, she's not doing this. She's not doing that. And she, she said, okay, put her on the phone. Mom, Brandy's there to help you. You need to listen to her. Okay. And I'm like, <laughs> but I needed that support. So, cause that was at the beginning of my journey and I needed that support because at that yeah. time I did not have the toughness stand up to her. I was yeah. like, how can I tell this woman not to do this or that? She's three times, four times my age, you know? So yeah, it, it's a challenge. It is. That's it, that, and it's a whole yeah. paradigm uh, shift. Yeah. To where it's like, you know, <laughs> Like, you know, similar is like now, you know, you're being mean to your mom. How can you talk to your mom like that? It's like she can get up. She 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 can drink that. She's <laughs> she's yeah. putting on a good show for you. Yeah. Right she, now. Yeah. Exactly what yeah. she well, she said she didn't want to do it. <laughs> Same thing. Get on the phone, mom. Take a shower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you gotta take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but tell me. Why well, can't bad because of all these excuses? <laughs> why can't because my toe is throbbing and my ear is hurt? And I'm in, in my mind as the caregiver, hearing her on the phone. I'm like, you didn't tell me that. Like, what is, manipulation? Love yeah. them, but I believe sometimes they just, quite frankly, they learn to manipulate. Maybe because it's the only feeling that they have of still being in control. Oh. Right. The way that they get attention. And I don't, you know, I've learned not to fault them for it, but trying to figure out a way. Sometimes you just have to be hardcore. This is this, this is what we're going to yeah. do. But other ways, it's like, okay, how can I support them so they don't feel like they have to resort to that? Do you need more attention? Do you need more time? Okay, so let me help you in this way, but we're still getting it done. Right. So it's just, it's a big learning process. Yeah. It's a big, yeah. huge learning process. And it's a roller coaster because what works this week ain't going to work next week. Yeah. Oh, we need to put that on a t-shirt there yes. is no hard formula no because no. you change they change. Their life and their abilities change and there is no one way is going to be it yeah and that's why you have to keep adjusting flexible enough to keep adjusting to whatever the needs are yeah right you yeah. really have to know how to go with the flow and roll with the punches and the ups and downs and it doesn't get Sometimes. fun. What's that? Yes. I said the literal punches sometimes. Yes, yes. <laughs> or the cussing or the disrespect or the, I mean, you know, some of these people are adults and they're, you know, I'm not a tall person. So, <laughs> you know, you get someone angry and yelling and being disrespectful and rude and cussing. And I'm like, Yes, I'm all those things. Thank yeah. you. You know, oh, I haven't been called that today. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And so and that, and people, oh, they're disabled, they don't understand. Or they're, it's, it's amazing how in, in my, you know, oh, they don't understand they're disabled. But somehow they put that cuss word in that sentence just when they use it with the right amount of passion. They do understand. They're not stupid. <laughs> they may not understand all of the consequences of what they're doing, but they can't speak clearly, but they said the B word pretty clear today. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've had it happen where she can't, you know, speak clearly, you know, but they can say curse words extremely clearly. Fluently. Behavior <laughs> some of- yeah. like, hmm, for someone who doesn't understand that word was 
pretty on time. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to take everything personal. And I mean, especially when you're in your own stuff as a parent, you know, and you're just trying to get through your day and then you're having to deal with, you know, your sibling, spouse, you know, child, whatever, and they're in their rare form. It takes everything to keep your composure and just be like, look, mm-hmm. if you don't stop, yeah. you and I, we're going to have an issue. And it's really hard not to take okay. it personal. And it's really hard to just ignore and redirect and mm-hmm. try to stay ground and centered. And yeah. Some of it. Yeah. Some of it is like cut the foolishness. What do you need? Do you need yeah. my attention? Are you hungry? This is not okay. Some days you're more patient. Okay. Other days it's like, cut the foolishness. We're not doing this today. You know better. What is it? Tell me what you need and we can do that. This is unacceptable. Yeah. So it's. I've had a lot more days like that with my son. Yeah. Where I'm like, look, I ain't doing this with you. I got this and this going on. What do you want? Let's get it done. Come on. Let's go. And so, yeah, I, I am not getting guilty. I lose my patience a lot sometimes. I'm, I'm very guilty of that. <laughs> Listen, we all do. There have been some times where I have been very firm with my kids and then I leave and I'm like, Brandy, maybe you were too harsh on them or they need your help and how could you, you know, be so, but then I'm like, uh. so it's those days where some days you don't get it right. And there's other days where, you know, you did the right thing. It's, it's, a, it, it's an emotional journey. Because yeah. again, right. you struggle with the thoughts and the, the guilt, but then you see them do something else and you're like, see, that's why I was tough on them because they, you know, so it's like, you need yeah. that support and you need to teach people. And I think Vaughn, you're, you're amazing. It's right. The podcast like this help people who are caregivers not feel guilty about the guilt that oftentimes comes with doing the job. Yeah. And they can say, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Okay. I saw what I thought. I saw. Because sometimes when you're helping someone, and especially when you're new to this, you're like, oh, they don't do that. Oh, they would never. They don't think that. Oh, they, okay. Keep watching. Yeah. Keep helping them. <laughs> yes. I... Oh, I would never. <laughs> All the time I say, if you have never, if kids have never gotten on your nerves, you don't love kids. You don't. You don't. Because it's natural. They're going to get on you. They're they're downright annoying sometimes. They will get on your nerves sometimes. It's part of their learning process. Like if you have a loved one that you care for, oh, I never get sick of her. She's so sweet. Yeah, you haven't been caring for them long enough. Chances are you haven't. (laughs) Yep. Either that or you're delusional because yeah, because when you're still making lessons. lunch and trying not to cuss them out, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, and still have to help them with everyday needs, even though they just bit you or cussed you out, and it's like and okay, you, do you still or, need help yeah. eating your lunch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you for punching me in the eye. Now I'll go make that tuna sandwich you wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jelly, and it's like, what in the world? It's crazy. <laughs> it's craziness. It is. Wow. And I, you know, even with my coworkers, um, those of us, you know, who do this job, we laugh about a lot of stuff because sometimes it's like literally laugh to keep from crying because yeah. we like, we, and you know, of course, we can't record them for privacy reasons, but like, we need to record this because people would not believe some of the stuff we've Yeah. They wouldn't believe yeah. it. Unless you were in the room, you would not believe what just happened. Yeah, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Like, we need pictures. We need proof because they would never believe it. 
Right. Yeah. Well, that's what's so authentic about it. Like so many of those stories, you can't make them up. You just can't. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm wow. telling you. This is so good. Yeah, we need to like hear these and and know that the main thing like that we're not alone. Huh? Yeah. And yeah. just the the adults that are on the team stay on the same team. Yeah. Keep loving one another cuz you're gonna that individual is gonna give everybody a really bad day. A lot. Yeah. And, and you got to stay supportive of each other and you got to stay on the same team. So yeah, like Vaughn always says, yeah. keep the main thing, the main thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, my, it's my easy heart. to start tearing each other down when things aren't going our way, right? Yeah, you kind of start fighting each other out of frustration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that really goes out to those people who are caregiving or in this predicament, single parents or single caregivers that don't feel that they have a team or they haven't found their team because. Everybody needs a break at some point. You can yeah. cry, you can be as firm as you want, but at some point, everybody needs a break. And because I can tell you as a single mom, it's was yeah. it's very, very hard to find someone who's capable of being on the team. Right. And someone you trust with your child. Yeah. 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 And I mean, some people, they give a good try, but they can't stay the distance right like you said it's it's a perfect angel job you have yeah. to really really have yeah. patience and love and unconditional love and trust and faith because yeah if you don't you're gonna get ran over with overwhelming emotions yeah there was a uh there in fun, quick funny story there was a lady that um at our, in our school uh, she came in as a substitute because the teacher was out for the day. So, you know, they just send you whatever teacher substitute that's going right. to help. You. And so there was a, there's a young boy in our class. He's particularly challenging. He will cuss, he will spit, he will kick. Sweetest pie one second, the next second, cussing up a storm like a sailor. Hmm. And so for some, somehow she was, this is her first day in our class. So she wasn't really familiar with him and she ended up getting paired with him somehow. I'm not sure. And he got to hitting and kicking her because he wasn't getting what he wanted. And I was helping someone else at the time. Next thing I know, he hits her and he slaps off her glasses. And I'm like, and so I'm like, someone help this kid. Let me go over. Let me step in and help. And so the girl, she's, but um, we get the boy kind of over to himself just to get him to calm down. Because again, everyone is not a good pair. Everyone's not a good match. But she's sitting there and she's like fuming. And she's, and I say, you know what? Do you want to go ahead and no, I don't need a break. I said, I need you to take a break yeah. because I saw that again, taking it personal and it's no fault, but she did not have the skills in that moment to assist. Yeah. Honestly, I asked her to go ahead and take a break because I felt like she would have hit him yeah. and that would not have been good for anyone. Right. But I, she just told me later on, I got a chance to speak to her and, you know, everybody was like, why could she act like that? But I was trying to kind of see her side of it. And she was saying that she had had previous struggles with anxiety and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. postpartum, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from some things that she had been through. And I'm like, why in God's name did they place her in this classroom? And maybe they didn't know these things, but I was like, that was not a good pairing, but you know, it's just like one of those things where it's like, it's not for everyone. No. Right. 
And she kept saying, you know, I know karate, ma'am, we don't use karate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm happy that you I wouldn't use it on our children. It's making me uncomfortable that you keep talking about it because mm. if, you, if you karate chop one of our kids, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. And I, you know, I did this, and I'm like, okay, but those are not skills that we use for this setting, okay? Oh, goodness. right, right. That is hilarious. <laughs> told, I down the alley. Right, and I'm like, be told, I may have karate chopped one in my mind a, a time or two, but we don't actually say it, and we surely don't do it. So I was like, I'm getting a little nervous. <laughs> Maybe you're not a good fit. So needless to say, yeah. she like to help our class, and I think that was better for both of them. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily any fault of hers, but it was like a judgment call. We can't, we can't. Put yeah, you because you got to keep both parties safe. And so, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as, you know, being on the team. Any person that you bring into the circle, you got to be able to keep both individuals safe because, yeah. Yeah. You're only as, you know, your team is only as strong as the weakest link. Yeah. So. Yeah. And this is why we like herald and, um, you know, champion and lift up like those in this, those of us in this space, because it, it takes to stay in and to stay safe and to stay not in jail. <laughs> you know, you, you have yeah. to, it takes a, a, get some good Bob and weave skills. That's um, it's a really uh, the turn the turn the cheek comes to life and the, the yeah you know do unto others as you would have doing to you and all the patience and everything comes the unconditional love and like you said you know you just got bit but now you gotta make that sandwich for them and <laughs> the self talk I'm the teacher I'm the one in control no yeah. Right? And that's why I say the teachers and, and they, they have, they are the perfect angels and the saints, because I can tell you, I my son's an adult. I've had many a days where I've had to cuss him while I'm making him his sandwich because I couldn't hold it together. And I'm, what? <laughs> I'm just, yeah. yeah, because then they'll be like, oh, okay. Now she's at her boundary because sometimes they push you and you're just like, if you don't shut up. This is that last nerve and they'll tap dance on that last nerve. You All know what long. I started doing with my kids? So we would have certain kids, you know, and some of the higher functionings, of course, uh, higher functioning students, they understood it more. We would have kids that would misbehave and flip over tables and chairs. And of course, we have to move the kids out of the room and not give them attention for the bad behavior. So sometimes when I would be teaching them lessons, I would say, you know what? I'm mad. And I would flip over the chair and they said, Miss Brandy, you can't do that. And I said, why? That's not good. I said, so why do you do it when you're upset? Mm. Does it look crazy when I do it? Yes. Okay. So then we need to learn a different way. And they would laugh, but it was like an exaggerated way for me to teach them right. how crazy it looks when you behave a certain way. I'm mad. I'm going to flip over this and I'm going to throw everything off. The no, no, no. You can't do that. <laughs> well, then what should I do instead, class? And you supposed to do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> work on it. So they're like, what? And I know some of them are like, this girl is crazy. But I wanted to demonstrate. And with kids, sometimes you have to demonstrate clearly certain things so they can see, sometimes with yeah. adults too, how crazy some things look. That's yeah. good. Wow. That's good. I have spent many a days looking crazy. That's the <laughs> fair. 
Right? I don't know that anybody got a lesson out of it, but I definitely <laughs> got pushed to my limit and went bonkers for sure. Lesson is don't mess with mom today. Today's not the day. That's pretty much yeah. Today, what the they, only lesson you can teach is today's not the day. My <laughs> older kids, you would hear them. You would hear them warn each other. Morning. Oh, hey. Mom's on one. Don't she do. ain't holding it together too great today. You might want to <laughs> might want to help her out. Pass the message along. Go today save the baby day. brother. Go save the baby brother because mom's going to blow a gasket. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Time for you to be that star sister and brother. Today's your day to shine. <laughs> oh, yeah. And my older, my, the older two kids are far more amazing with, with those settings than me for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Because my daughter has two at home now, just like him. So, but patience. Everyone gives something. Everyone gives something different. Some of the yeah. kids can have that more patient relationship with them because they're not the ones responsible for the bulk of the caregiving like you are. So yeah. every role is important. Sometimes it's the sister, the brother, the whatever, but every role is important. And it's not to judge any role because again, if you're worrying about providing and managing the bulk of the behaviors and you know all of that, sometimes you don't have that much patience left over. Hey sister, we need you today. Brother, we need you today. <laughs> Right. To help with the other part because mom's been doing the, you know, the bigger part of it. So, yeah. is essential. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. There's been many a days. Yes. <laughs> I'll make a phone call. Um, we're coming over. <laughs> and I'm going home alone. <laughs> right? Just for a night. Just for, I need you, just one night. Can mom have one night? And I, it may not be something that I can really do right now because I have quite a few things going on, but that was one of the things on my heart is for, I used to do this with some of my friends, just, you know, they're normal, if you will, kids, but having somewhere that your loved one can go when you need a break mm -hmm. with someone that you trust or just giving mom or dad or whoever that day or that hour or that moment, right. hey, can you watch them for a minute? Can you take, hey, drop them off. I'll take them to the park. I do that with my friends, with kids, you know, who may not have similar challenges. Hey, can you take the kids? I got them. Come on, kids, let's go to the park. Run all the energy out of them so that person can get, even if it's just a mental break, even if they go nowhere. Yeah. Just having that yeah. moment, not having to think about that person's care every single moment for just, even if it's just a short span of time. Mm -hmm. That is one of the things that that's precious to my heart because, again, you don't find a lot of people that you trust with your loved one. Yeah. Um, that you can right. really with when that person is around and I think that's part of why my mom and I were brought into the team of caregiving yeah. with the woman that I described earlier because there's not a lot of people you can trust that will treat right. them right and will hold up your standard of care in your absence yeah. right so that, that's a big thing yeah because that's the beauty of the caregiver's care jar is reminding our caregivers to take care of yourself first so that you can take care of others so yeah, the, the relax, rejuvenate and refuel is essential to maintaining your caregiving so you don't burn out. Yeah. yeah. Brandy, what, what do you do um, as we're closing out here? This is so good. It, like, I, like I told you, it, it just flows and we've already definitely have a full episode, which is great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but as we're closing out, yeah, what do you, you know, we talk about how... <clears throat> We teach to learn uh, to serve from your saucer and not from a, your half empty or empty cup. You know, serve from the overflow, fill yourself up first. 
And what do you do to for yourself to um, that you can share with our listeners to rejuvenate or fill your cup up with? Um, I know you talked about a little bit about breaks and things like that, but what what do you <laughs> what do you how does what's your steal aways and refreshes and I think so because I'm not I don't have anyone in my home that I care for and it's more in a you know of course in my work setting I think the leaning on the team is the way that I rejuvenate the most um, if I'm not feeling well and that like I said we teach them but they teach us learning to communicate so if I've had a rough night at home a personal issue at home hey guys um, would you mind working with little Bobby, that's difficult today because I just, I'm really not in it and I'll take over tomorrow. Communicating with the people on your team to let them know when you may not be at your best self or again, if I'm having a challenge and I'm not having a breakthrough, hey, would you mind tag team and I'm going to have to take a break for now. So just leaning on my team and, um, you know, just communicating what needs are if if any, and then me being that for them as well. I, I just, I have so many stories. <laughs> yes. Can I share one last story? Yes, yes. absolutely. Those things that I feel like um, when you know that it's something that God has graced you to do, even though it's not easy, um, it's something that you can keep doing because you really have to be graced to do this. Um, I have a coworker who, she's so sweet. She had just come and joined our team and we had a young lady, one of our students who was just months of challenging behavior where every hour we're having to switch off and say, okay, tag, you get, you got her. Cause she was just, and so this young lady was new to our team and she was dealing with the student and I had already been with the student for an hour previous. So they said, okay, Brandy, take a break. She's going to step in and relieve you. You go on your lunch. As soon as I stepped away, I'm like, I just don't feel like I should be walking away. And the student who was challenging hit the girl's glasses, like slapped her. And the girl was still, you know, looking like she was, you know, in there just still, you know, dealing with the student. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to go on my lunch. Let me step back in and deal with the student. And why don't you take a break? And we were like, what? We just gave you a break. Why would you? As soon as she stepped away, she broke down completely and just started crying. And I believe it was like, God, the Holy Spirit telling me she's not making it. Like, she was in there trying to deal with, because the girl, you know, she's aggressive and you're constantly blocking because that's kind of what the technique we're using at the time. Hmm. And again, I had already been in there with her for an hour and I stepped out for just a few minutes, but I, I saw, I'm like, she's crumbling. And it didn't look like it on the outside, but I sensed that something was wrong. Yeah. So I stepped in and, and as soon as she went out, she just broke down. She wow. ran out of and broke down completely. And she's like, thank you so much. And so I don't know how you knew. And I was like, I don't either, but it was God. And it's just like, it's part of that grace of, you know, being on a team and knowing that you're grace to serve the people you serve. And so just, yeah, yeah. Communication is key. And you, you got to really let the rest of the people on your team know where you're at emotionally, Hmm. because you could walk in having a great day. And an hour later, like you say, you're in tears and you got to reach out and say, I'm at my breaking point. Someone come help me. And and that is key because you can take down the whole ship by not communicating that you're struggling and having some feelings a, a certain kind of way as being a team member. You can take out the whole entire team. Yes, you can. Yeah. So, I just want to give encouragement to everyone who's caregiving, like on this podcast is amazing and reinforcing. You're not alone. If you're in a position to do it, there's some grace that's in you to do it. And you just have to tap into that. 
and just remember that it's a big responsibility, but it's a blessing to be the, the person that someone goes to where if you weren't there, they may not have that love and that care. And mm -hmm. so everything you are, you bring that with you. All the love you have, you bring that with you. And prayerfully, you have your team or you find your team when those days are getting difficult, but you are not in this alone. We're, 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 no. a big team. we're in this together. So yeah. big happy family, big Absolutely. happy family. I mean, we need to probably just make a line where people just call in to vent, huh? And just say, right. woo, and help me and get, what do I do? <laughs> I yes. was just thinking about that. You know, we have, uh, yeah, we'll put the, our, our number in the show notes or you can contact us. Um, it's perfect segue. Um, Brandy, you closed actually perfectly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it was perfect segue. You know, visit us on Caregiver's Care Jar. There's a space there to share your stories, questions. Um, you know, we're open to addressing, um, and maybe we should have an episode where we field just questions. And um, yeah. And um, from our listeners, actually, we would like to hear from you. We just celebrated our, our year. Uh, anniversary on the on the podcast um, on the 23rd of December and um, we you know we want to hear from we want to hear back from you um, and and anything that we can help anything that we can improve anything that we can um, there's stories or interviews that we haven't had yet and um, and Brandy I think uh, this this has been so great you you brought a perspective from um, your, your field and your area of disabilities, I don't think we've had yet at all. And, um, um, but it's, it's major. <laughs> so yes, um, definitely enjoy your sharing. And, um, so yeah, visit us caregivers, carejar.com, um, share the podcast and, uh, we'd love to hear from you also. Um, and, but, you know, Brandy is working on uh, a couple of things that uh, she, she, I have to let you know that she's, she's an awesome uh, vocalist. Um, she sung um, with me professionally in uh, some of the weddings that I've had in my band. And then she also uh, leads on our worship team at church and it just takes us, takes us in um, uh, with her gifted voice. But she's also a recording artist and, and, and a songwriter that writes beautiful um touching songs and um we'll have to have her back on again in just a little bit when we uh we, we got a, some projects that she's um doing that uh that we're she, bringing her music to heal and to encourage and to inspire um you know clients patients and um those through a very caring um uh, thing and we want to be supportive of that so yeah we will definitely have you back on yes music therapy Can't yeah wait. music therapy yeah and um uh, she has some beautiful songs so we'll get you some more information uh on the on the site when that comes yes because i myself need the music therapy brandy so <laughs> please <laughs> Listen, this, this has been a, a push in the right direction so more to come Good. One's been an instrumental part of pushing me. <laughs> Good. All of my gifts. So I'm excited about the journey. I'm so excited about it. Yes. Yeah. And the, the lives and the, the people that we're going to touch um, and continue to inspire. Um, we uh, we just we just got to continue to do that. It's the bigger call to make sure that people are, um, that the light shines on everything. That the yes. light on and um and touches everything so 
Yeah, good stuff. Well, Brandy, thank you so much. You've been uh, wonderful. Thank you for sharing and <laughs> being hilarious and raw and funny. And hey, that's what I'm <laughs> getting to know more about you. And Christy, is anything else before we head out? That no, I am so full. I It's like the perfect episode for the perfect timing for yeah. me. So I loved it. God oh. always works it out. Yes, he does. Yeah. Okay. Well, Christy's super mom and Vaughn, the brains, the voice, <laughs> the brands. How amazing with talking with you guys today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, folks, um, tune again uh, in again on the next episode. And uh, thank you so much for watching us again. Um, you can always um, just share your support. And we will be here in, on next time. So. Thank you. Y'all have a wonderful uh, year, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>